welcome to Slacker Moto Radio with Brad and Addison. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles and the motorcycle community, and we're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go. Welcome back, Slackers. Brad, how you doing? I am doing good. You know, it's a, it's a beautiful day right now. And, uh, you know, here there's a little bit of rain on the horizon for the weekend here in the Northwest, at least where we're at. So trying to take advantage of what we have at the time. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I could talk about how my day's going, but I'm really excited to hear about how your day and how your weekend went. How about you, Addison? I'm doing really well. I, uh, had a good break this weekend i mean i didn't really take a ton of time off work or or make it a full break but disappeared out of town to go uh to go really live motorcycles for two days straight with almost nothing in between me and and living motorcycles all day so a whole new experience for me that uh, that really was awesome so yeah coming back to work i'm on cloud nine still kind of floating on cloud nine here what three days later and uh life is good Nice. Okay. Okay. So are we going to jump right into it? I, I want to know more details. You can't just tell me that little tidbit and appease my uh, curiosity. So, so I mean, how many guys showed up that you knew? So, yeah, we ended up going and, oh, that's a good question. Uh, so I knew on a, have ridden with and spent some, a fair amount of time with uh, five people within there. Um, and then there was another two or three that I know just in passing or have met, uh, you know, at different events or things like that, uh, beyond that. Right. So there was Dennis the Menace and Hot Tub Daryl and, and who else showed up? We also had Rob come, which was kind of fun. We won't, uh, yeah, we won't confuse that with Rob Birch, who we'll talk about more, uh, as the, the event, you know, as this conversation goes on, but, uh, we'll call it, uh, Ninja Rob. Because he got a new uh, Ninja 1000 that he's pretty proud of, and then, uh, yeah, and then Jeff, uh, Jeff's the guy we've ridden with a couple times, so he was there as well. He, uh, he and Dennis have been doing kind of these track days for for a while now together, so uh, he was there and, and actually helped. Uh, it was kind of cool. Yeah, we'll kind of go through the sequence of what happened, but uh, he was uh, early on one of uh, one of the bigger helps I had, so that was kind of nice. Sweet. Yeah, so I guess, you know, we've already alluded to it. We talked about it last week. If you want to kind of, uh, this will definitely roll really well with last week's conversation. So, you know, if you don't have time to listen to both, go ahead and continue on. But if you do, check back on last week's conversation where we kind of get into my preconceived notions of what this track day will be. And now uh, this conversation today, we'll talk about what it really was. So, uh, you know, I think these roll in together. But that's uh, that's how I spent my weekend. I drove out Friday night and uh, spent two nights, three days at the track, uh, basically just racing my street triple as hard as I could through a, a closed course. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Shameless uh, plug there, but uh, we appreciate that. Thank you. Well, I mean, it it makes sense, right? If you want to kind of see, I, I'm very interested to go back and listen to that to last week's episode as well after we have this conversation just to see how far off I was on what I thought it would be to where, you know, in our conversation, it actually became. Sure. Sure. No, that's understandable. Okay. So the premise of this um, track day is you get together with a group of guys, uh, you, you set up, you sign up for different categories based on uh, rider experience as well as experience within this track day organization. Is that correct? 
Yeah, I think that's probably a pretty good uh, good broad stroke of it. That it's not necessarily riders. You know, some of the guys have never been with the track day company here uh, in the past, yet they still signed up for like a middle group or probably not the faster group. Uh, as a lot of those guys have been riding together on these track days for a while, but you uh, even you know, so basically, I signed up with Moto Fit Group, uh, kind of a a plug there there for them as as we'll get into it and kind of the the sequence of what the day was. Uh, they do a really good job of making a track day more than just racing around a track, but an opportunity to learn and grow and really become a better rider both on and off the street. Nice. Um, so there, you know, that was kind of really cool about it. And so I signed up with them and found that, you know, they've got their green group, their blue group and their black group in increasing capability from there. Um, and so, yeah, as a, a newbie to the track day experience, I signed up with the green group and, kind of showed up basically not really knowing what to expect other than kind of what I'd seen and assumed based on YouTube and talking with buddies that have done it before. I, I kind of showed up more or less blind, especially to this track. Uh, we can get into that a little bit here too, that the, the track there is, is just an absolutely excellent track for learning. It is a very complicated track. Nice. Okay. Okay. So you sign up, you get there. This is very community oriented. I know typically they do some potlucks, right? And we kind of hinted at that last week where everybody kind of brings in something really good to get together. I mean, was there any of that or how did that unfold as far as like the off track, uh, off hours um, uh, activities or um, time with everybody? What, what, what did you do other than just the racing? So I guess we'll we'll shamelessly plug next week's conversation as well, um, just because this is probably the right place to talk about it. So being that it's with MotoFit Group, they kind of do it their own way. And MotoFit Group is run by a guy named Rob Birch, uh, who has raced and, and knows motorcycles, you know, like the back of his hand. The dude is, uh, is I mean, there's no better way to put it than fast. Um, <laughs> it, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I'll get into some stories from, from the weekend as we talk, but. He knows what he's doing and he knows how to teach. And so with this group, you show up Friday and it's just kind of a community. It was really cool. I, those of you that know me know that my truck's a little bit taller um, and my bike is what it is, right? I've got a street triple, but getting it unloaded became complicated very quickly. Um, even with a couple of buddies, just because of the height of the truck and trying to get it to work out. And so just kind of to your point of this community based you know, hangout and, and situation. You know, first thing that happened is some guy from across the road, across the paddock, comes running over with a big folding, you know, trifold giant ram, but said, hey, dude, let, let's use mine. I think you'll have a lot easier time. And, you know, that was my first, first experience there was, hey, you know, you'll be a lot safer. Just use my ramp, which, you know, some stranger coming over and offering up his, you know, probably $200 ramp was a, a pretty cool intro to what, uh, what the weekend had to store. Nice. So, that was kind of nice. Uh, also, you know, I, granted, I already knew Jeff, but uh, when I got there, he was already there. He kind of came and grabbed me real quick and said, hey, before it gets dark, let's uh, let's walk the track so you can kind of get a, an initial feel of what, you know, what, what to expect tomorrow and, and through Sunday uh, as we were racing. So he and I walked through the track. He kind of, you know, anecdotally discussed his lines and where you want to be, and we kind of talked about you know, how off camber or different things, the, the different corner, the technicality of this track as we were going through it. But it was really cool as well as we're kind of going through, people were randomly joining us. Uh, and it was, you know, always very open. Yeah, sure, come come on with us. And so it is definitely a, a real big community feel. Everybody's there to race and have fun 
and kind of become a better rider. And so everybody's kind of lifting each other up. Everybody's lifting and supporting each other as much as they can. And throughout the whole weekend, it became that way. One of the really big things that MotoFit Group does as well is in the green group, uh, in between each session, they do a half hour kind of training and instruction uh, where they will talk about different key points to focus on for the next session out on the track. And that was another uh, kind of community and growth experience that, that is kind of independent uh, to MotoFit Group. I've not really seen that or heard of that in other track groups. Um, as well as in the green group, they throw a number of instructors out there on the course to help. And if they kind of, they just kind of track people and watch people. And as, uh, you know, as anybody's struggling or maybe has some form issues or whatever it is, they'll actually rip in front of you, kind of flag their rear tire and say, Hey, just follow my line and help guide you through to learn the track. So that kind of that first step of understanding the track and the lines to be on, once you've got that down, you can really work on your form and your safety and your braking points and those different things that translate way beyond track. So that so was, was that was really cool. The on track time uh, where the instructors would get in front of you and flag you and do those kind of things. Was that the only time that the um, instruction was really catered to you individually and your riding style and techniques and everything? Or were the off hour, like between um, track times sessions, were those also catered to each individual rider or was it more of a broad stroke for everybody? So the, the instruction was definitely a, here's, you know, here's something that we all are going to work on. And then it would kind of break down to, you know, let, let's practice it. And so then, you know, Rob and some of the instructors within those, those training sessions or those, those learning groups, those classroom sessions, let's call it, um, you know, would kind of work on things. For example, one of them was, was body position on the bike. And we all rode our bikes down to the little training room and we did that one, you know, right outside and each person sat on their bike and he would come around, have one of the instructors hold the wheel so that the bike would hold itself up. He'd get up on the pegs and show, you know, what, what your cornering position was. And he'd work with each individual to kind of, you know, get your elbow up and get your head down and tilt your head and, and work on those specifics to be able to have a better body position to really reduce risk in riding, right? To give you the best contact patch on your tires. Okay. Yeah, nice. So it was, uh, you know, it was that. And then, of course, if there was any instruction or anyone on the track there that would work with you, uh, immediately following that session, um, you'd be able, well, I guess to, to go a little bit before that, you could even request individual instruction from those instructors rather than just having them run around and, and pick up people that look like they needed some support you could just say, Hey, do you mind for this session running with me? And there was, you know, a number of guys that were always willing to. And after that session, they'd then discuss kind of what you're doing. And so you would have some one-on-one -on -one instruction specific to you uh, following that session as well, which was okay. actually really so helpful. The, especially uh, on Saturday. the depth of the training um, was somewhat dependent on your um, willingness or curiosity or, or asking for that additional instruction and if you wanted that then they were all on it and wanting to give you as much instruction as you were willing to take on exactly yeah i mean basically there's you know a handful of people that are that are you know working there and and i guess permanently employed or, or whatever we want to call it but there's also a, a large number of these volunteer instructors that are there just to help support basically the new riders and you know you don't have to be in the green group i'm sure if you were in the blue group and asked for support they'd be all over that as well but um yeah there was there was plenty of support but it was based on at least beyond the basics 
if you wanted to get into the more advanced techniques and, and move beyond basic kind of green group instruction, you would have to say, hey, you know, I think I've got the line down. Can you follow and work? You know, I'm working on X, Y, or Z. Can you follow and watch and then or lead and, and show me depending on what you wanted? And throughout that 20 minute session, you kind of get a bat, you know, you get to lead a bit and follow a bit. And then at the end of it, to, you know, spend 15, 20 minutes talking about what you can do better next time. Sure. Okay. That's awesome. So, you know, kind of getting into the, the preamp for next week, it, it, you know, that we talked about, I guess I alluded to that, that we plan to actually talk with Rob Birch. And he's got a couple of techniques and skills and things that you know, I don't want to give away all the secrets because I think it's well worth going to one of his, uh, one of his events. I was uh, a big fan and, and definitely plan to, uh, to support that again. But, uh, you know, next week we plan to have him here with us where we can have that discussion and let him kind of uh, get into some of the specifics of why he does what he does. Because, quite frankly, I just know what happened right when I was there. But he's got a lot of background, a lot of stories that, uh, that help explain why his uh, MotoFit group is what it is. Sure, sure. So you were there for two days. The first day, there was a lot more um, um, like class sessions. And then the second day, it was just... Uh, track times or, or how did that work out? How many, tra- how many times the first day, how many times the second day? Uh, so each day it was basically each group is split into 20 minute sessions. Uh, so there's three groups uh, that breaks out an hour, right? In each hour, each group goes once that easy math. And then uh, in between each one, there was 30 minute classroom sessions. Now the second day, the first couples, the, the entire morning basically of classroom sessions was new instruction. And then from there, they, there were a couple of instructors and, of course, Rob himself in the uh, classroom available to help with anything specific that you were working on. Um, so the classroom sessions went as much as you wanted, really, every session, except the last two of every day. Um, the last two sessions were just, you know, it was getting warm. It's hard to kind of sit in the classroom. You really needed to just sit down and drink some water and take a break between racing. Um, so those last two were more of just enjoy watching the blue and black groups as they're going while you're off. And, uh, you know, get a get a break. But you had the opportunity to really take that instruction as much as you wanted. I mean, you could have been basically learning and growing and filling your brain every, you know, the entire 40 minutes off track if you really wanted to. Okay. And you don't have to do two days, right? This could be a single day event. And, and I'm sure we can get into this with Rob, but, but uh, I'm just curious if that's the case. Yeah. No, you, so it's basically per, per day. Uh, and then, of course, the, you know, the two-day package. Uh, one of the really cool things that was my big, you know, push me over the edge to try it out is with Rob's group, they do what they call Safer Sooner Saturday, where if you're willing to join the green group and participate in all of the classroom sessions, you actually get Sunday for free for first timers. And that was a, a big draw because, I mean, really for the price that uh, that they're charging two days on the track, it's uh, it's pretty unbeatable. With instruction and everything else, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, with everything, right? You're getting, and and really, so I guess this is where the, kind of the discussion from last week and and this week start to meld, is because, you know, I I understood that that was a thing, that I had to participate in these classrooms, and I kind of in the back of my mind was thinking it might be, you know, I'd rather just sit in my lawn chair and relax between sessions, and I don't know that it's worth it, and, you know, is that going to be annoying? And, you know, there were certain moments that, that I was tired and wanted to just sit down, but I can tell you from, you know, the first session out to the last session on Sunday, um, you know, the, the instruction I got and the ability to grow based on what we were taught and then had an opportunity to go try and, and practice and hone 
I mean, it's totally worth it. You, you learn so much. And even if you think you know what you're doing and you've got some background, there was two guys there that are currently in road racing school, um, still participating in Rob's instruction because he has insights and things that he does that, uh, really set, set that group. And, and specifically it's, you know, I think it's all coming from, it's Rob's brainchild, but specifically set him apart from a lot of the other instructors and track day providers. And so, you know, I saw people that definitely knew what they were doing, fully participating in this instruction. And they weren't, you know, they weren't part of this buy one, get one group. They were just there because Rob has, you know, gold nuggets to give you if you're willing to come and hang out. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. No, that's awesome. So what did you find uh, completing the track day? Did you, you know, a lot of people will go to the track days, they save up any um, desire to go fast, to push their bikes and everything to a um, nice confined area where it's set up that if you go down, there's not rocks, there's not, you know, some of these other things that could be, um, could, that could really hurt you and you don't have, you know, oncoming traffic and, and the assortment. So did you find yourself kind of getting that all out of you and then you were good just cruising home or do you think that you were fired up and now you want to go on the road and you want to use this stuff in your normal riding. I mean, some of it obviously would apply to your normal riding, I'm sure. But actually pushing the limits of your bike and using some of the skill set that you picked up. Do you think that that, do you think it's out of your system or do you think it actually amplified it? I, I think out of your system is an interesting way to put it. I mean, it, we always talk about right mototherapy and how it's kind of riding motorcycles as a therapy session. This was like a, an advanced therapy session. So I, I think. I mean, I don't know if out of my system is the way to put it, but it definitely one showed me how far I can push my bike. I don't know, right? You kind of, you know me uh, and a lot of our listeners do as well. And they've heard me talk enough to know that, you know, although I love riding, I tend to be, I tend to baby my vehicles. I tend to not really rip them as hard as I can and and try to make sure that I get the most out of them. Um, But, you know, you kind of lose that pretense real quick when there's somebody coming up behind you or somebody right in front of you that you want to catch uh, on the track right. and you kind of forget that you know who cares let's go straight up full throttle the whole time and so you know i also realized what these machines can do and uh you know it's, it's very clear when you hit that level at least at least when i did of what i've been doing on the street versus what they're fully capable of doing you know, there's a couple corners that got a little scary both with me hitting you know over 1G coming into a stop. I've got, I ran a couple of track timers through a few of these laps uh, just to see, you know, how, get the data. You know, being an engineer, I want to see what's going on right. with myself and the bike as I'm going. And just to see how hard I was braking from the end of this compared to the beginning and what the brakes are capable of and what, uh, you know, the cornering speeds you can actually take. You know, and there was a couple of times that, you know, I almost ran out of track, but you know, you know how to not lean it over while you're doing that. And you just make it's a bad corner, right? It's not like I missed the corner and blew off into the dirt. But I didn't take it as quick as I could because I was trying to, you know, scrub a little more speed before I turned into it. And you know, other corners where I hit the gas a little early and kicked out a little harder than I wanted to. And, you know, you kind of see those limits. And as long as you're not a complete dummy, uh, maybe that's too extreme because people go down for other reasons. But as long as you're not right, completely ripping full throttle and you understand throttle control and brake control, you can take those moments and learn that, okay, that's the edge. Now I got to stay just on the other side of it. And so, you know, it allowed me to kind of get that and see what the bike can do and really see these limits of my tires and my bike. 
um, to where I know now, you know, to your point, the form and the, the way to ride and the mindset of, you know, looking through the corners and all this practice of, of good, responsible riding that I got while on the track will continue on road. But the need to go, you know, balls to the wall is not the case. I mean, there's definitely, that is the spot for it. Road corners aren't even the same. I think that's one really cool thing. So this, this was done and really Motivate Group likes to do it at Oregon Raceway Park over in Grass Valley, Oregon. And this track has so many off-camber corners, so many weird uh, just aspects of the track that you're just not going to find that same feeling on the road anyway, just because no one would design a street that way because you'd have too many accidents. It's a very technical track that, you know, if you hit the gas, you go, I mean, there was all those off-camber corners. You look around and, you know, people were going down throughout the day and or at least running it into the dirt. Um and having to stop and come back onto the track and, and whatnot. So, you know, being so technical, it really allows you to hone those skills in a situation that that you probably wouldn't find on the road. And 100% that if you found on the road, you'd want to be so careful just because, you know, it's kind of that, that slippery leaves situation. That if the road is that ideal to go down, then why push it, you know? But on a track where it's cleaned and polished and ready to go, and you know that there's nobody coming in the other lane, all of that, you can push it through those those extreme situations. Okay, okay, I can see that. One of the other things that we talked about last week was that you had just replaced your tires. So how did that go? Dude, I, it is amazing what motorcycle tires can do. Um, you know, they look like... So I replaced them with Pilot Road 4s, just your average highway, high mileage motorcycle tire i didn't go track tire i didn't go you know semi slick i didn't do anything really the, it's the wrong tire for what i went and did um and a couple times you know kind of like i mentioned found the limits of what the tire with regard to heat and greasiness could handle you know race tires are meant to um expel heat right they're meant to to cool off when you're pushing them to the extreme on the track whereas road tires are meant to warm up quicker and to that point can actually get too warm and a little slimy and i found kind of the end of both days that tires were getting a little slimy but it's so much fun to to see what they can do and really push them and and find that limit so they were they were totally fine you know if i were looking to be competitive or jump up to the blue group um i'd probably go with something a bit more aggressive for track now is the blue group the intermediate or the advanced blue group is the intermediate um and i you know i i don't necessarily want to toot my own horn or anything here but it was really fun to ride green group and by the end of saturday was kind of being competitive with some of the guys that knew what they were doing and had been to other tracks and had some experience Mm -hmm. by the end of sunday there was really two or three of us that were all hanging together and just blowing by everybody and the other two moved up to the blue group uh by request and just because we had rob and a couple other buddies i actually got um jeff and some of my buddies that were running black group to come and ride green group with us so I could kind of chase them and, and get that same, you know, experience of trying to better myself with someone that was definitely a better rider than I am. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was also fun to still be on the same track with my buddies. You know, I didn't want to ditch them and jump up to the blue group, uh, when I had the opportunity to, you know, to continue to ride and pass and get video of, of, of my buddies out there. So. Okay. Okay. So how did it, so with some of the other guys that were in the group, I'm assuming that Ninja Rob, as you want to put it, instead of Robbie Bobby, that he uh, he was also 
in this beginners group because I can't keep track of the color. Sorry. So in the beginners group, how I, I know that you can't speak for him, but how did you perceive his uh, his experience? So I I think there's a lot of value. We'll we'll see if we can get Rob and Daryl um, on a future episode here, maybe after we talk to uh, Rob Birch. Um, but I think he grew a ton, and I think he took it really seriously. And uh, you know, we'd watch him go through, and his his times as well advanced quite a bit. Now he had a leader bike. I think he was nervous about pushing it too hard. He was being very careful um, through a lot of the corners and different things. We kind of compared. He he was the one that actually turned me on to this track uh, lap lap timing and and acceleration data. Right, Th- this app. You know him. He's he's all into that. Yeah. Um, so he turned me on to this app, and we both had it running. We kind of compared data, and he was definitely being a lot more careful, um, stopping a lot sooner before corners. Um, accelerating a little less out of them, but uh, nonetheless, I mean, he was definitely gaining the skills and and moving forward as well. You know, I right. Well, I think that's what's probably, so cool and, about and that. Green group. Back to what we've talked about with any new rider, even or any new bike, that you have to ride within your means with what you're comfortable yep. with, and you continue to grow and you build, and that you can't. I mean, I know you guys were comparing it just because there's a kind of a fun aspect, kind of seeing how each of you are riding, but you really can't compare yourself and then push yourself because of somebody else and how they're riding, um, whether it be on the track or uh, even more critically, potentially um, on the street. Well, and that's what's, what's so nice about it, right? Being that kind of going back to the green group instruct or the, you know, the moto fit instruction and classroom stuff that, that we both learned different things from what was happening, right? We both kind of took what we needed to work on and dove into that. Whereas, you know, maybe Rob picked up something else and was working on that. And, you know, in the end, we both grew and we both developed as writers, but we both kind of got what was important out of those classroom sessions and, and moved forward. Um, but yeah, we both ran at our own pace. And, you know, there was a couple laps that we'll, you know, we'll chase each other or whatever for fun and, and just have that moment of, of camaraderie. But at the same point, you know, you kind of get to a point that you're running your time. So that's what's nice about track day uh, as well as, you know, you're, you're, you're racing you, right? Yep. Your whole yep. goal is to be better than you were last time yep. on the yeah, last lap or yep. the last session. So, you know, you, who cares, right? There's a guy faster than you. Try to catch him, but don't do anything stupid. And, you know, maybe you'll get a little bit better. That was the greatest compliment. Um, it was just before lunch on Sunday. I had a guy on a, on a, uh, oh, was it Ninja 1000 or something to that effect? I think he was, might have even just been a something, a Ninja 750 or something to that effect. Um, I don't remember which bike it was, but it was not necessarily all that much more more powerful than than my bike. Um, but he kind of came up and and flagged me down after the session. Came running up to my my pit area and uh, you know flagged me down and he's like, "Hey, you blew by me on you know I can't remember which corner four. And I said, "You do that dude's bike is smaller than mine. I can do that." And he yeah. said he was just for the next three laps just doing all he could to just follow exactly what I was doing. And I said, dude, the last lap of the session, you blew, blew by me. And he's like, yeah, because I didn't know my bike could do all that. And that was kind of one of the cooler compliments is, you know, I kind of figured out where my limits were. I think a lot of other people used my little bike as kind of an example of, well, if he can do that, then my bike that's supposed to be on a track should be doing that as well. And it allowed people to kind of gain that confidence and understand that, you know, if they follow these lines, follow what's being instructed, then go forward. And right there, you know, quite frankly, that little conversation of five minutes, 10 minutes really kind of made my whole weekend. I was like, that's cool. 
one that tells me I'm going fast and I'm having fun. Yeah. And two, other people, you know, I'm, I'm making new friends just by going out there and doing my thing, which is really cool. Yeah, I think the big thing out of that is, I mean, obviously on a track day that you, you can push your bike harder, but, you know, in the incidences uh, on the street, uh, you know, trying to compare it to that in everyday riding, that if you end up in a situation where you're laid into the corner or something a little too hot, that your bike, uh, you, you're, you need to trust your bike. Your bike can do a lot more than initially we think. Um, potentially, you know, depending on where you're at with uh, your comfortability with the bike and what its actual capabilities are. But with a lot of these bikes that you can really lean into it a lot harder, you know, as opposed to my only option was to go into the ditch and high side or whatever the case was like, no, with your, you, you could have really just leaned into it harder and got through the corner. Yep. Right. So you your, you get your butt off the seat and, you know, start following some of those techniques that you work on here on the track day that you, you hone and, uh, you know, Rob mentioned this so many times throughout the weekend in his classrooms and just he and I talking. I had the opportunity to, to have a number of conversations with Rob, which was really cool to kind of get to know him better. Um, but he mentioned this, you know, a number of times that it's it's just motorcycle riding is a, a game of muscle memory, right? You remember where your butt needs to be. You remember where your arms need to be. You remember where your head needs to be. And if you're following those techniques, you know, you're going to be good. And on the track, it's even more so, right? You remember where your stop point is. You remember where your go point is, where your turning angle should be, right? You just kind of getting good on a racetrack. And, and maybe it's just years of, of playing too many race car video games, but it's just a matter of repetition, right? You figure out where you need to be and when, and you just do it. I thought and, all the race car games, you just you just go full throttle and you let it uh, let the sidewalls of each corner just carry you through and you just never turn and it just drives itself. That's why no one ever wanted to play those games with me is I always took them too seriously and I had to take the corner correctly. I know. <laughs> I was always that kid that was like, no, you I can get a fast You have to have the manual transmission on and no driving assists and no acceleration assists and everything else. That, that's, that's right. I was I that kid. That, driving those games too, but anyway. But, it, you know, on a track, it really became that – it was that. It was a real-life video game, right? It's it's a matter of, okay, where okay, I tried this cone, right? There's a couple of, of stop points, a couple of indicators just so you can measure this and have, have visual aids there. And, you know, you try this one. Oh, okay, I, I definitely slowed down too much. I can go a little further. Oh, well, I almost blew that corner, so that's a little too far, somewhere in the middle. You find that spot, and then every lap, you just, you know, you do a little bit better, and you get better, and it allows you to trust that muscle memory and that lean angle and that amount of power and that amount of brakes such that I think you're dead on. That was one of my big takeaways is, you know, on the street, you're in a corner. I'm never going to be cornering as hard as I was on that track on the street. Right. So, you know, if I'm at that moment and something comes up or, you know, a rabbit runs in front or whatever happens, I know, Hey, if I need to, I can dive another 20 degrees, right? If I really, really need to, the bike should handle it. I've seen it do it. I have that confidence. And now instead of, fixating at the rock on the edge and, and diving into the ditch, I just corner a little harder. Yeah. You know, yeah. the risk of, of possibly not making a corner because you tried to dodge it safely versus the risk of target fixating into a ditch or a wall is much less. I'd rather just try to do more on the corner than just give up and go into the wall. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the key takeaway there is that not finding a safe pot spot to uh, wreck, but how to maneuver through the corner as safely and effectively as possible. And that in the process of doing that, you're also setting yourself up for a much uh, better incident uh, or, or accident if it even happens. Right. Yep. 
Well, I mean that, and, and it also works on, you know, smoothness. That's, I, I did not know how smooth, and I probably, I, well, I know I'm not there yet because there's guys that were blowing by me in the blue group and guys in the black group. I, I was asking people that, that record their times how they're doing. And I guess just for a reference point for funsies, for everyone listening here, you know, I, my best lap throughout, at least I didn't record every session out, but the best I saw was 215. A lot of the guys in the black group that are, you know, we'll call them novice racers, you know, the guys that are that do track days don't necessarily race professionally, but do track days a lot are, are roughly about two minutes. And the guys that, you know, Rob Birch, for example, the guys that know what they're doing are in the like 130s, 140s on this track. So, you know, to that point, I was only 15 seconds off the best of the group. Um, You know, at least those in the middle ground on the best group. And so, you know, that's kind of where I was tempted to to move up a little bit. But a lot of that comes from your ability to be super smooth in the throttle, smooth on the brakes, using them both, and following those techniques so that you can – you know, you can keep your bike as stable and smooth as possible. I mean, that's half the battle on the road is is what really happens when you start to lose traction and wipe out is most often you're not pushing your bike further than you can. You're just unsettling the bike with brakes when you shouldn't or too much throttle when you shouldn't. And the bike just wants to be in a happy medium ground, right? You doing something jerky causes it to lose traction and wipe out. Yeah. Yeah, and the track's great opportunity to practice that and get used to that. You know, you're, you're going at a fast pace. I mean, those corners come up quick. You got to be smooth, and you got to be smooth. You know, without thinking, you got to get that muscle memory to where you can shift down and, and get all the gears going, where you're not dumping a clutch and causing your rear tire to kick out. Yeah. So, what do you think? Uh, was the Stripple the right choice for the Green Group? Hundred percent. I had so much fun. That bike is a friggin' riot. Um, it's definitely, you know, I've kind of, it's, it's real name, right? If you were to look at its birth certificate right now would be uh, Jolene, but I've kind of lovingly renamed it the Stripple threat. And, you know, I can tour on it. I can commute on it. And now I can do track days on it. It really is kind of a, a really good Jack of all trades. And quite frankly, for all three of those threats, it does a great job. I mean, I had no problems on the big trip. Maybe a better seat. I might get a touring seat. But, uh, and on the track day, I mean, I, like I said, I know, I know. I need those, uh, those old man cushy seats. But on the track day as well, it was, you know, fully competitive, at least with the group I was in. I think I could have moved up a group and been somewhere in the middle at best. But, you know, it, it does the job. It was, it was great. I had no complaints. Um, I would probably do tire, a little more grippy tires. That was my only thing is exiting corners. I could tell I was, on the limits. I mean, you look at the tires and the amount of, of, you know, little, little dingleberries hanging off the edge. There's no more, uh, <laughs> no more chicken strips and they're all, they're all balled up and, and melted on the corners. So I, I ran out of tire with regards to what my, you know, my touring tires could do on a track. Sure. I'm sure you could have pushed it. I mean, not that you should push it harder, but that I, I'm sure you could get your time down. So you haven't you haven't got to the end of your usefulness for the six for for this stripple and and it sounds like I mean really you could probably use this for a long time and, and it's all about going out and having fun and just continuing to improve and get better and and I'm sure that yeah getting into a leader bike or something would be phenomenal 
uh, at the right time. But it'd be a lot better. Your strip is a lot better set up than me trying to use my KLR 250 and say, this is going to be my track bike for the next uh, 30 years. Right. So, I mean, I think that's also, yeah, for the next 30 years, 100%. But I will also say this, that, you know, going through the green group and looking at the different bikes, I mean, even the blue group, there was a guy on FC07 in the blue group that was, you know, moderately competitive. Um, but the green group, we, they're, you know, they're all, I will say that almost everybody had a full fairing street bike. Um, I was pretty much the only, you know, naked street fighter type bike out there. Um, however, there were, you know, all kinds of different bikes. There was a couple of Ninja 300s, a lot of 250s. Uh, you know, there was one dude, oh man, I, Rob would know his name. Rob Birch had, had a good conversation with him. Um, but there was a dude, he's a, an engineering student that was just, I mean, getting the most out of his 250. Good form, running through those corners. and But, you know, at a certain point on the straights and whatnot, it, you know, it, it does run out. But when it comes to bettering your time and really the point of what we're trying to learn, at least within the MotoFit group kind of community there, was good form, yeah. uh, good skills, mo- muscle memory, all these things we're talking about. And Rob will get deeper into it next week. But, you know, you don't need anything more than what you ride to be able to learn that and do that and be better at it. And 100% everyone that went this weekend is now a better road rider. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, and, and whether that's a KLR 250 or a Street Triple or, you know, a ZXR 1000 or the new BMW 1000 RRs, a couple of those. Those are friggin' monstrous, by the way. <laughs> And there's also nothing more humbling than when you feel like you're doing well with your 215 uh, lap time and you're hauling and you're pretty consistent and you're really enjoying it. And then one of the instructors does a power wheelie down the straight, you know, whipping by you like you're standing still. There's nothing more humbling than that. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not fast. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That's not what the intent is. First time out. No. Sounds like, so are you going to get into this? Is it, have you got the bug? Is this going to be, uh, you know, I know some guys do this every track day. Some guys do it, you know, a few times a year. I know Dennis has kind of in that group of doing it quite regularly during a normal season. Do you think that that's something that you're going to start um, investing in? I think the experience and everything that's happening and everything that you get out of that weekend, uh, you know, the potluck, the camaraderie, the whole thing is well worth the price of admission, but it is a heavy price of admission. And that's, uh, that will be my limiting factor is I probably won't do everyone by any means. I can, I can already just say that I won't be doing everyone, but I can also guarantee this won't be my last track day. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a new experience. You learn and grow and have so much fun that it'll happen again. In fact, uh, I was kind of talking to Rob trying to figure out how we can set up a Slacker Moto partnership here and get, uh, you know, get a big group. If we can have a group of us all running, it, it, it is fun seeing your buddies. I mean, we talked about um, Rob, you know, Ninja Rob for a minute there, but, you know, Daryl has history of racing. He's on a, a nice two-stroke 350 race bike. Yeah, and I'll tell you, that dude's quick. I mean, he was one that it, it, you can't catch. At least I, I couldn't catch his times. I don't know what they were. He wasn't tracking, but he was definitely quicker than I am. And, uh, you know, so to that point, right? Having that group where we're kind of all across the board throughout each session, you run into each other, you know, you, you pass each other, you kind of give a wave or that smile through your helmet visor that, you know, it says I beat you or, Oh man, you beat me. And it's just fun, right? Cause the whole point, like I said, is to beat yourself. So it doesn't really matter. 
but it makes it a lot more fun when you then all go back to the pits and you kind of hash out your lap and what you're working on and, and support each other and have a good time there. So, you know, a, a group thing would be well worth it at least once a year. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to next week and that conversation. I think that's going to be really enlightening. I know we've probably given away a lot of what we'll talk about, but he's going to throw some nuggets in there that I think are going to oh, I, really, I guarantee uh, not. get some people excited. After, uh, after spending some time with Rob, he's got a lot of stories. We'll get into our normal conversations as well. Try to understand who he is, you know, where he came from, his his bike history, and and I we'll get some some fun stories from Rob. That dude uh, is just I just go ahead and say all around a fun guy. Yeah, so listening this week, I mean, you know, just be prepared. What's where are the five bikes? Man? <laughs> That's an important question. Yeah, so it'll uh, it'll be fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. We've already confirmed that uh, that it's a go. We just got to set lock in a date or uh, yeah, day and time. Um, but that's going to be awesome. But as well, yeah, it was just, I got to say, this was awesome. I No regrets at all. Um, super looking forward to dialing in. You know, next time I'll, I'll dial in the bike a little differently, try to time my, my tire wear so that I can throw on a good pair, a good set of, you know, 80 20 track tires or something, something that I can still ride the rest of the year, but, but get the most out of on the track uh, and try to, uh, yeah, get into that blue group and, and better my time, get into that competitive times. But it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I recommend it. If you haven't done a track day, especially with the, you know, the two for one deal is, is pretty unbeatable, but you know, wherever you're at, I know not everybody's here in the Northwest and can really participate in that. Look up your local track groups, you know, give them a call. If, if, if money's an issue, a lot of them really just want you to be a better writer. Um, so they might be able to work something out and, and really help you to be able to get that first opportunity at least. Cause they also think, you know, just like me talking here that this now won't be my last. You know, when you do one, you're going to get the bug. So it's kind of that whole intro to it. it's well worth them giving a bit of a discount because you're going to come back and, and you're going to love it and you're going to be a better, safer rider. I mean, that's the biggest thing yeah. is anything we can do to, to be safer on the roads to, you know, get that bug out, right? If you're the kind of guy that likes to push it to the extreme down the highway, go do a track day, get that out of your system so that we can be you know, a little safer, a little bit more community friendly to uh, the non-two-wheeled community as well. Absolutely. Nonetheless, guys, I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, check out last week's. It's kind of the intro to this week's. Check out next week's. It'll be the outro to this week's. And we we'll, may just keep it going because I know that we've got some stories from, from Daryl and, and Rob as well being part of it. Um, but thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for checking out uh, the Facebook page, the Instagram page. I've gotten a few comments from people. Thank you for listening. Uh, we love it. Our, uh, our good buddy down at Paradise Harley sent us a message. Here's a, a big public high back from uh, from Brad and I. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, thanks thanks for hitting us up, and uh, we'll talk to you guys all soon. Until next time, ride on. Mm-hmm.